Hi, everyone. I am so excited to be back with a new episode of the Five Questions podcast. If you're a new listener, I started this podcast last fall. Um, It was a way to inspire questions and thoughts just for my own spiritual curiosity and to put out there in the world a sort of quick and easy way um, to get other folks um, thinking about reflection and um, and questions that you could ask yourself, ask friends, ask ask loved ones in your life um, to you know uh, inspire thought and growth and gratitude. And it was really exciting to begin last fall to have folks listen, to have some incredible guests, and to hear that. Um, people were really getting value out of the conversations. So I got really busy at the end of the fall. I had a number of exciting um, new opportunities come up for me in my life professionally. And every time I thought, oh, I've got to get back to the podcast, it felt like, um, you know, I was pushing a little, like, oh, I started this, I've got to get back. So I did something that I think was was the right thing. I listened to my intuition. I said, you know what? Why don't you take a break over the winter, settle into other things, and you'll know when it's time, the right time to get back. And for the last few weeks, I've been reflecting, planning out, finding guests for a new set of episodes, this spring series on the Five Questions podcast. And I am thrilled to bring you the first episode with this episode number 10 with an amazing guest, Rabbi Johanna Kinberg. Um, You actually will be able to read Rabbi Johanna's bio here in the show notes. That's one change that I I am doing um, from feedback that came directly from listeners. Originally, when I started the podcast, I only did first names and I didn't share anyone's bio because I just wanted it to be sort of democratic. I just wanted Um, listeners to listen to people as people and not worry about Googling and seeing someone's background and who they are in the world, Um, that this was more of a podcast about someone's inner life and soul and spirit. But I got, I got feedback saying, you know what, I, I just, I want to know more about that person. So, um, I am always open for my own growth and learning. That's what this podcast is about for me. And so I will be sharing um, bios going forward. So you'll, you can check out Rabbi Johanna's bio. But um, all that to say that this podcast was recorded today is Tuesday, March 10th. And here in my city of Philadelphia, where I live, where Um, all trying to figure out what changes we need to make around the coronavirus outbreak and how to keep everyone healthy and safe and care for one another. And Rabbi Johanna is calling from Olympia, Washington, where her community's been dealing with the virus for several weeks now. And I want you to know this is a conversation about optimism, connection, and really faith and hope. So I am so grateful to you for listening. I'm grateful to Rabbi Johanna for sharing, and I hope you'll join us for the spring series of the Five Questions podcast. Lots of good conversations to come. 
I'm so delighted to have my guest, Johanna, on the Five Questions podcast today. Johanna, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Olympia, Washington. Awesome. And Johanna, I'm going to start out with my favorite deep and probing question. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? My favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla with um, a little hot fudge sauce on top. Oh, yum. That's a classic. Was it? Yes. Was that like your favorite as a kid or has it changed over time? That is my favorite as a kid. Um, often when I was growing up, we had to have parv uh, desserts. So my parv favorite is um, can you, daiquiri Can you explain ice. what that par, what parv means for parv listeners means who don't know? Parv means it doesn't, it doesn't have any dairy in it. It's like vegan ice cream. Right. And yeah, and my favorite was daiquiri ice from 31 Flavors. That was the, mm. the vegan version. <laughs> <laughs> but when you could do full-on dairy, just yeah, when your I vanilla do dairy, with I do your vanilla. hot yes. That is delicious. Johanna, what are you thankful for today? Well, today I'm thankful, and it's sort of an awkward situation, but I'm, I'm thankful for having time off um, in my life and a little bit of break from the constant go, go, go of being a congregational rabbi and working for a religious community. Um, you know, Shabbat comes every week and holidays keep coming. And right now I have a little break in my schedule because of the COVID virus. Um, and so I'm just really enjoying being home and not having anywhere to go or anything to do. Yeah, it's like a, you know, a surprise time that you weren't anticipating that you would have, right? As opposed to planning vacation. And are there elements you can imagine that you might be able when, as we imagine, life will resume in its normal way that you would take away and bring reintegrate into your life when it gets busy again? For sure. I think that because we're getting used to doing some of our programming online, um, and we're setting up a Zoom group for our congregation. I can see doing more online programs and less in person, um, which also could really help our traffic situation in my area. Because usually we have mm. horrific traffic in the Seattle area. And oh, yeah, I've heard that. It's just terrible. And recently, the last week, it's just been a dream because all the employees at Microsoft and Google and Amazon and all the big companies that we have in our area, everybody's working from home. And mm. so they're not on the roads. And um, and I think just working from home and spending more time at home and seeing just, you know, how that can free things up in our society that's usually just so packed yes. out in the Seattle area, at least. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think that embracing technologies that maybe I was mm -hmm. less willing to embrace before and now see that there's a real advantage to connecting with people virtually. That's great to hear. It's also interesting to note, you know, this observation of the change in pattern and how much being in traffic and commuting back and forth can take a toll on us. I think it's just an expectation that's that's part of the society that we live in, but doesn't necessarily have to be. No, absolutely not. And my commute, I don't do it every day, but my commute's 120 miles round trip from oh, Olympia wow. to Seattle area. It's 60 miles mm -hmm. each way. And so I, I usually go up and work north of where I live um, and don't come home every day because it's it would be it would mean spending four to five hours in traffic. 
Um, oh my goodness. So I, I, I go up to Seattle and stay for several days and then come home um, because of the traffic. So just knowing that there's a possibility that there could possibly be less traffic because people mm-hmm. are seeing that life is easier sometimes when we're not all out. Um, it's just very, it's, it's, it's a, it's a paradigm shift. I really think that, yeah. you know, what we're living through right now in Seattle being at least was as of today, the epicenter, um, it looks yes. like New Rochelle's the new epicenter. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, it's like, okay, we can live differently. And I like that reminder of being just put in my face. Like you don't have to live and none of us have to live the way we've been living. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because I think so many people are feeling the darkness and the anxiety of this moment. And so I appreciate you bringing out to us something that you're noticing and a possibility. So thank you so much. And and on that note, Johanna, what is something beautiful that you've noticed in this unique week that has been a different week for you? Um, it's so much easier to notice beauty when things slow down. And yes, it is. So, I mean, I am noticing a lot of beauty because I'm slowed down. I mean, everything from, um, you know, taking pictures outside my grocery store of the, of all the beautiful flowers that they have for sale to noticing in our area, at least just the beginning of the cherry blossom season. Um, being on the Pacific coast, we have a, a lot of beautiful cherry blossom trees and we're about two weeks out from peak season. And so just mm. everywhere you go, there's like these little pink blossoms emerging. Last yes. night we had this huge worm moon, which I'm sure everybody saw all over oh, the yeah. world. That was amazing. And also just trying to spend more time outside recently. And so really getting into the spring of things, even though it's not necessarily warm here yet, um, spring is still happening. Yes. Awesome. Oh, I can picture those those cherry blossoms and um, just for anyone who's listening to this at a much later date it's March 10th so just to ground this in time that's where we are here and Johanna I'm wondering too and you can take this about this week that you're in or just more what life has been like when it's been more busy and you've been more on the go but what what helps you to feel grounded I really like to take my dogs to the dog park and we have a really mm-hmm. wonderful dog park um, by where I work that you can hike with your dogs off leash and there's water. Oh. there, So it's just really, really fun. And I especially like going on Saturday afternoons when everybody else is out and all the different yeah. dog breeds have their meetups and you're walking around and you'll turn a corner and it'll be like 15 St. Bernard's <laughs> and you'll oh walk my around gosh. another corner and That's it'll be amazing. like, you know, 10 Cocker Spaniels playing and there's all these oh different dogs meetups. It's really fun. It's, and everybody's so, so happy and just yeah. enjoying. Wait, what kind of dogs do you have? I have um, a pug Boston Terrier mix named Yoda and okay. a Papillon okay. Chihuahua mix named Han Solo. Oh, and they meet, <laughs> they meet their friends in the they dog meet park. Their friends. Yes. They love going there and, in the summer, they can go into the water, and it's just really, really beautiful. And it happens to be a nesting ground for blue herons, also. Oh so my way, gosh! Yeah, it's really, really incredible. So way up in the trees, you'll see these blue heron nests, and then occasionally a bald eagle will come and try to pick off a blue heron baby, oh. and then the parent fights with the bald eagle, and it's just a very, very, oh <laughs> very dynamic dog park um, experience. And that's just my favorite 
one of my favorite things to yeah. do is go there. I know I want, when I pass on after living a long, long life, I want to have a bench yeah. in my name at this dog park. Mm, like it sounds so incredible. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful idea. I love yeah. that. I, I love that you just shared that, Johanna. I think a lot of people, it tells me something about you and your comfort um, in thinking about that time, right? When you're not here on the earth anymore and, and, for so many people, that's an anxious thought to think about. And that you even have a vision of wanting that bench in your memory in the dog park is very profound. Yes, I've told my whole family. Everybody knows that this is where, because I, because I would love for, first of all, for people to just see a plaque and know yeah. that someone, this like made a huge difference in their life, having mm. this public space. And then also for my future generations to come and to be able to, you know, get a sense of the beauty and joy that I experienced being there. Yeah. I hope this inspires people to, um, you know, have those conversations with our loved ones because, right, that's such a, a taboo thing for so many people to to broach that subject. And so things don't always happen in memory that someone might be wishing for and how important to just be able to treasure it while you're here and also imagine like and recognize what a sacred place that is for you. Absolutely. For sure. All right. You, you have to send me a picture oh. of your dog, of your dogs in the dog park. So I can I will. share it with our listeners because for, sure. for any of us who are dog lovers, it just sounds phenomenal. Thank you so much um, for taking us there with you. And, and, my next question is kind of connected to uh, that you described the exterior of spring and the cherry blossoms and what's happening around you. And um, I'm wondering internally as spring approaches, is there something that you imagine awakening within yourself? Mm. Yeah. You know, my mom was killed in a car accident. She was hit by a car when daylight savings time came in in the fall because oh. of the change in the season and it was like an hour darker and she didn't realize I don't think the driver oh realized goodness. she was crossing the street and she was a pedestrian and was hit oh. and killed and that was really that was like oh daylight savings time like an hour more of darkness can you know really yes. impact the world well on Sunday we just mm. experienced daylight savings time springing forward um and so that was sort of a a bookend for me personally about, mm. you know, this, the cycle of the season and, you know, how things change. And now that at least where I live, we have another hour of light in the afternoon and evening. It's just an opportunity to, to think about possibilities of what can I do with more, more light in my life? What can I do with, you know, with a, with a little bit of a longer day um, and thinking about the possibilities of, you know, one hour and, what do I want to do with that with that time in my life? Um, and I think for me right now, a lot of it is about getting outside and really just enjoying that, which keeps moving forward and renewing and connecting myself to that cycle more um, as wow. a reaction in part to, you know, the, the anxiety and nervousness of of our world. This there's this gift that comes along with it, which is of this beautiful season and where I live. It's very, very dark in the winter. I mean, it's it it's dark for between mid-November and mid-February. It doesn't. It's not light after four four thirty in the afternoon. It's dark. 
like completely yeah. dark. So mm. it's there's a lot of darkness, and so you really feel when it's six thirty and it's and it's broad daylight outside. You really feel you feel it in your bones. And oh, so, such a difference! Huge difference. So that's I think that just taking that opportunity to be able to be out more and enjoy the out more, um, the sun more. And I I so appreciate you recognizing the the bookmark um from from your mother's death and how that must make this particular spring that much more powerful absolutely no it really does it really because i never paid that much attention to daylight savings time before Mm. and didn't really you know really i didn't have so much of a thought process around what does it mean to lose an hour what does it mean Mm. to gain an hour um and how does that affect our world and even the power of one hour in your life and now i just live much more in the awareness of that and um and that's a blessing too is just to be able to live in more of an awareness of time yes and i i want to thank you for sharing that because i think it's a teaching for everyone who's listening to not squander that hour but to yes. really get out and and a pre- get turn your screen off for that you know take that time and make that time in your life to just be out and and notice what happens in the spring around you absolutely and also that you know we have over the course of a years you know we can we experience life in different ways but because it's so it's just getting lighter and lighter out by the time we get to um, summer solstice, it won't be getting dark here to almost 11 o'clock at night. So oh, we have wow. a lot of, yeah, cause we're very far North. And so yeah. that means that you have so many hours after your work day or your school day to be doing things. And that's such a gift, but then you have this extreme, um, you know, difference in the winter where there's so few hours yes. of light. And so you sort of have to live in this way of being actually willing to change how you live a little bit in order yeah. to fully get in the enjoyment of the light and then be able to survive through the very dark winters. Yeah. I, I love that. I know a few years ago, I, I stopped pushing myself in the winters. I felt that as yes. sort of after dinner, I really just wanted to have a good book and sit on the couch and be in my pajamas. Absolutely. And like at a certain point in your life where you're like, I don't have to push. Like, there's no reason. Who's who's deciding that I can't be in my pajamas at six thirty at night? Exactly. You know. <laughs> well, it's already been dark for three hours. You know, it's it yeah. feels like. Well, in the summer at seven, it seems completely reasonable. Or the spring to leave the house at seven o'clock to go yes. start doing something. And, yes. You know, and that's I think our twenty-four hour kind of lives. We get we yeah. get moved away from the natural cycles and. For I guess sure. overall, those natural cycles are fi- I'm finding to be very restorative and inspirational because yes. they exist without me having to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> They're just there. Yeah. It's my opportunity yeah. to tap into them and let them, you know, be a leader for me in my life in some ways. Yeah. It's beautiful, Johanna. Um, my last question for you is, what is a hope that you're carrying right now for the world? Oh. My hope no. for the world right now, and again, this is very situated in the moment sure. and place that we are, sure. but is that the fallacy of separateness will be erased. Mm. That we, you know, coming to a greater understanding, especially as Americans, but really the whole worldwide, <sighs> that we are one organism 
and that we are impacted by each other and that there's no such thing as individual health. That is not, mm. that's not a thing. <laughs> that's not real. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that we're, what we're seeing and what we're experiencing right now is very painful for Americans because we're so individualistic and so focused on self and so focused yes. on our health care and our needs individually or maybe for our family. And we're being given a very strong message from the universe, really, which is just the way things work, which is that we are not separate. And that we have to take care of each other because we will all fall if we don't. And so it is sort of one of, you know, it's, it's a, it's a transformational moment for our society. And, but I do feel hopeful that, you know, it's not a plague where, you know, like in the movie, um, contamination or there's, you know, there's a, there's a movie about it where like people's brains are rotting. Like, that's not what we have. We have something that's dangerous, but it's not you know, this horrific, you start, you know, your skin's going to fall off if you touch someone. So we have this, but we have an opportunity to learn something true about the way our world works that we often want to ignore um, in an effort to focus on self. And I I actually feel really optimistic about the future because I, I, I feel like America and our world, we needed something like this to help us recognize the true nature of our existence on this planet. Um, and it's natural consequences for, you know, that's, that's the way it works. <laughs> These are natural consequences, but there's also a very high level spiritual teaching involved in all of this that we're each getting from the universe. Johanna, thank you for bringing that optimism to this moment. That is so important to hold on to. And I think some people it's hard to tap into and hearing it is, is major. And I'll tell you that idea of separation. I've been talking with a very close friend of mine on and off through the day about how we're responding as a community and making decisions around everyone and the virus. And we keep talking about, um, you know, think, thinking about people who are vulnerable ahead of yourself. And I'm someone who has an autoimmune illness and I've had lymph nodes removed Mm. when I had surgery for breast cancer, you know, and I have a son who's also has, has autoimmune issues. So I'm really, really um, being very, very conscious and very aware and noticing the difference of those who like sort of just brush off like, well, yeah, old people and sick people and da, 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 da. And like, no, it's not us and them. It's, it's all of us, it's all of us. And, and to be able to shift and for all of us to hold what that means to think inclusively about taking care of each other. Um, is, is a change I'm deeply desiring. Yes. Yes, I am yes. too. Yeah. And I'm watching also in my community, um, cause our school district, one of the school districts that I serve as a rabbi, um, where my, most of my congregants are is shut down this week for through the, through the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm noticing is how much easier it is to take care of each other when we do it in very, in like very localized ways, because that school district is making it so that all the kids in the district get their lunches and breakfasts if they receive those at home. And the homeless students who don't have a home to go home to, to be quarantined or be, you know, they're getting the attention they deserve because it's, they're, they're realizing, wait, there's people who don't have homes to go to. How can you tell someone to go home when school is like the most stable place they have? And so Right. It is. It's sort of like peeling the top off of a sardine can and looking inside and being and 
smaller groups being able to make decisions about how to care for each other. And I'm seeing really amazing things that I didn't know was even possible for our society to think at that level. Oh, I am. I'm grateful to hear that that's going on there. And the East Coast where I am in Philadelphia, this is, we're not as far along. And, and that thought hasn't been put into thinking about children and other students who need meals and who need a place to be. And um, that also is part of that, that web of caring that you're talking about. Yes. So I thank you for sharing that it's happening there. That Absolutely. Other communities can replicate that. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, Johanna, I feel so blessed to talk to you in this moment in time and to get your uh, spiritual energy and optimism out into the world. So um, thank you. I am. I'm just so grateful for you being a guest. Well, thank you for inviting me. And it's a wonderful opportunity to get to connect with you and all your listeners. Um, and to um, be asked questions and have everybody else also ask, hopefully, themselves the same questions. Yeah, Great questions that's for the, every that's day. The hope. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is the hope of the podcast, Johanna. So thank you. All right. Take care. Many blessings. Thank you. You bet. Air. Thanks so much for joining me on the Five Questions Podcast. If you're following on Apple Podcasts, I appreciate it if you can give us a review and some stars that'll help get this podcast out in the world. Please follow my blog on Medium um, if you're interested in more um, spiritual growth pieces. And I also am pretty active on Twitter at Gab Kaplan Mayer. So if you're on Twitter, connect with me there. Thanks so much and wishing you many blessings.